Thanks, Jeff. Good morning to everyone. Good to see everybody today. And again, as most important, this is Lord's Day. As we come together to worship God and remember our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ as our Savior, and that perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. But it's Mother's Day as well in this country, and that's a special day. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. And to all those who have gone before us and have gone to meet their Lord, uh, past our mem their memories are still with us, and we're just thankful for mothers. The... Uh, commercial that we tried to play we could see all of the video but not the audio not the audio that will be posted on our website at churchofchrist.com and our YouTube page today by two o'clock this afternoon and we'll try to get it uh, figured out so we can play it for the congregation sometime again uh, in the near future this being Mother's Day there is a particular focus on parenting and I think that's appropriate. I, I used to think when I was just a kid, well, there's Mother's Day, there's Father's Day, where's Kid's Day? Well, since I got to be a parent, grown up, I'm no longer a kid, I don't really care that there's not Kid's Day anymore. Whole lot of Kid's Days during the year, they get a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of attention. But Mother's Day, Father's Day, that gives us the opportunity to have special focus on our roles and identities as parents. And that's great. The absolute most important thing that we can do as a parent, whether we're mother or father, is to do our best to lead our children to heaven. Now we have a lot of different focuses in our culture, in our country right now. Some of them are great. Some of them are, well, they're so-so. And some of them are just really not very productive whatsoever. But the absolute most important thing, we're thinking about, okay, what can I do as a mother? What can I do as a father? What can I do as a parent? Toward my kids, what's the best I can do for them? Well, we think about all kinds of things, but I'm afraid that probably most parents really don't think much about, am I leading my children to heaven? Am I getting them ready for eternity? Am I really schooling them and guiding them in godliness and to live for God? Well, in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, the wise man wrote, Solomon, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I'm sure that this is a particular proverb that has been rather... Ooh, puzzling for a whole lot of parents because they try to raise their children up in the right ways and godliness and their children go off in other directions. Well, remember, it's a proverb. It's a rule of thumb. But how many times do parents make virtually no attempt to lead their children in the ways of righteousness, in the ways of godliness? They just kind of let them grow up from as far as their spiritual life is, 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 is concerned without... All, hardly any guidance as to being a Christian, living the Christian life, and looking forward primarily to eternity with God in heaven. Now, we want to make sure that our children finish school, and even 
now there's a tremendous emphasis on getting them through college and getting them prepared for a good career. But compared to going to heaven, none of that really even holds second place, if you really want to think about it. Guiding them to great careers and making great money isn't in the same ballpark as getting them ready for eternity. In second, First John chapter 2 and verses 15 through 17, the Apostle John wrote this about the things of this world. And what we're talking about going to college, talking about preparing them for this great career, and all the other things that we commonly think about as parents in, in raising and guiding and nurturing our children, those are mostly, almost all of them, are things that pertain to this world. But John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And here's the key, verse 17. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. A parent would do almost anything to protect their children or get them the medical care they need if their children are sick or injured in some way so that they can help that child's life be spared and they can grow up and live a full life. But ultimately, every one of us is going to die. How much, how much more should we be focused on helping that child live and mature and blossom spiritually so that that child, as he grows up and becomes an adult and goes through the rest of his life and perhaps even becoming an elderly individual way down the road, is ready to meet his Lord at judgment, is ready and able to look forward to eternity with him in heaven. Well, teaching our children how to fish and how to play golf and how to hunt and play baseball and football and basketball and how to sew, how to cook, all those other things, they're good, but those are still parts of this world, life in this world. And those things are important. Those things have good productivity in, in, in many cases, but even more so, we need to teach them about God. We need to teach them about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to teach them about Christianity and the church. We need to teach them about that home in heaven that God has waiting for us and wants to usher us into. Well, if we really love our children, and we do, don't we? We really love our children. Let's do our best to get them to heaven. Now, all those other things, they're fine, most of them at least, but primarily, first and foremost, overriding in our attention, let's do our best to get them to heaven. Now, the big question then is, as we're thinking about a day that's honoring, that's recognizing parents in a special way, how can we accomplish that goal of getting, ourselves, of getting our children to heaven? How can we do that? How can we lead them to an eternal home in heaven?
with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, let's look at some guidelines that I think are practical. First and foremost, to begin with, make sure that you're going to heaven yourself. Make sure that I'm going to heaven. If I want to raise my children and lead them to heaven, I need to be sure that I'm going to heaven myself. And that's not just a kind of surface level flippant kind of statement. I need to make sure that I'm where I ought to be spiritually so that I can be confident that I've got that home waiting for me in heaven. Before you can answer for your kids, are you sure about your own salvation? The Apostle John again wrote in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 this time, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. A whole lot of people believe in Jesus, but they are not walking with Jesus in faithful, consistent obedience and service. Are you sure about your salvation? Am I sure about my salvation? Have you been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins? And the day that he ascended back to heaven after his death, burial, resurrection, and appearing for a period of 40 days to hundreds and hundreds of individuals as the risen Savior, he told the apostles to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall, shall be condemned. Have you been baptized into Christ so that you can be saved? The Apostle Paul laid it out for us how important and how deep in meaning true baptism is. In Romans chapter 6 beginning with verse 3, he said, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So in physical baptism, being immersed in the water, we are reenacting on a spiritual level that literal death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus when he died on that cross, they put him in that tomb, and then on the third day he rose, triumphant over death. We die to the old lifestyle of sin. We are buried in that water, completely immersed, covered up by it. And we come up, as he came up from that tomb, alive physically, we come up from that watery grave of baptism reborn spiritually. All of our sins have been washed away because we contacted the cleansing power of the blood of Christ shed on the cross for us as we were buried in the waters of baptism. We come up a new creation. As Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5 in verse 17, born again as Jesus taught Nicodemus in John chapter 3 verses 3 through 5. Are you leading your children in that, way, in that direction? But if you're not a Christian, don't expect your children to be Christians. Don't expect to be able to get your children to heaven if you're not going there yourself. Does your life demonstrate consistent and active faithfulness to Jesus Christ? In, in Revelation 2 and verse 10, Jesus said, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. 
Now, he's not talking about smatterings of faithfulness here and there momentarily from time to time, but he says, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Your walk as a parent, your walk with Jesus, with God as a parent, cannot be happenstance. It cannot be just a part of your life. But your faith in God and Christ has to be your life. You cannot lead your children where you're not going. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, Paul said, examine yourselves. And we need to do this putting all pride, self-pride out of our minds. And we need to simply look into the mirror of God's word and, and ask ourselves, am I where I'm supposed to be spiritually? Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, he says. Do, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified. You can't lead your children where you're not going, and you are their number one influence. And mamas, you in some ways are even a deeper influence on your children than, your, than their dads are. And in our culture of today with so many single parent homes, those single parent homes in by far fall upon the shoulders of the mother to try to fulfill both roles as parents raising their children. So you have that even extra special, or, or extra special responsibility. You cannot lead your children where you're not going. They look to you as their number one influence. Don't expect them to go to heaven if you are not committed to go to heaven. So make sure you're going to heaven yourself. And then number two, don't be a hypocrite before your children. Kids are smart. They see through the surface level stuff pretty quickly. Don't you, do you tell your, your children to love God, but then you disobey God yourself? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Is that the deep, devoted level of love and dedication to your Lord that your children see in you in the way that you live before them and before others all the time? In John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Do they see you keep God's commandments consistently? Try to live by his teachings consistently as their parent and as a Christian. Do you punish your children for lying and then lie in front of them? Revelation 21 and verse 8 says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I knew of a young mother and father one time many, many, many years ago, and they would go to see a movie, to a theater. They'd take their, their little girl with them, and up to a certain age, maybe three or four or so, the little child could go in for free. 
when the child got past that age by a year or so, they told her, tell them you're three or four. That's teaching their child to lie. That's exactly what that is, a lie. <clears throat> How many times does the phone ring in some households? And so one of the children, they pick up the, well, now it's cell phones, isn't it? So it's different now. It used to be there would be a landline, they'd pick it up, and they'd say, Daddy, so-and-so wants you on the phone. And Daddy would say, tell him I'm not here. That's a lie. Again, we might say, well, that's just a little lie. All liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Doesn't distinguish between real big lies and little tiny lies. Do you teach your, your children to not curse? Do you punish them for saying bad words, but then in anger, you use those bad words in front of them? Or maybe you curse them to their face. I've heard that so many times and it just, oh, it just makes me cringe inside when a parent is cursing out their child. And that child may be eight or 10 years old. Philippians chapter two and verse 15, Paul wrote that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. We as parents need to embody the mind of Christ and our children need to see Christ in us. We need, they need to see us shining as lights in the world around us that is so engulfed in the darkness of sin and, and immorality. They need to see mom and dad as being different, as being great examples of godliness. You teach your children it's important to go to church, quote unquote, but then you carelessly miss on a regular basis. Hebrews 10 and verse 25, the Hebrews writer says, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, exhorting one another, and all the more, or so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Do they see that consistency in your dedication as a Christian? And do you realize that Bible classes are where children are taught on their level in some of the most effective settings that they can see and they can gain from in their spiritual training as they're growing up? Do you neglect that for them? Well, your children are very perceptive. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 3, the, Jesus said, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? I want you to get the principle here that he's trying to get across. Why do you, why do you, you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Now there's a little piece of sawdust in your brother's eye. You see him, let me, let me, let me get that out. But you've got a telephone pole sticking out of your eye. First remove, and what does Jesus say? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And Jesus isn't talking here 
about a little bit of sawdust versus a, a log in your own eye. He's talking about, we'll look at our brother and we'll say, you've got this problem in your life and it might be rather small and minor in comparison to some big spiritual problem in your own life. What, are your, what do your kids see there? When you don't live by the standards you set for them, they see hypocrisy. As I said, kids are smart. They, get, they see past the surface level stuff pretty quickly and easily. They learn that it's not important to do those things that you taught them to do because mom or dad is not doing those. Third, actively dedicate yourself to getting your children to heaven. Now, if our child came home one day and said, uh, I just don't think I want to go to school anymore, we wouldn't stand for that, would we? You're going to school. I don't want to go. You're going. I remember the old story about a mother called up to her son. She said, breakfast is ready. You need to come down. You got to get to school. He called down. I'm not going to school today. She said, breakfast is ready. You need to make sure you're dressed and ready. You got to get to school. I'm not going to school anymore. Of course you are. Why should I go? Nobody likes me there. The kids make fun of me. And she yelled back up, because you're 40 years old and you're the principal. We wouldn't stand for our kids just telling us, I'm not going to school anymore, would we? We're going to school. Well, dedicate yourself to get them to heaven. Effectively teach them God's way, consistently and continually. Ephesians 6 and verse 4, You fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition or discipline of the Lord. Teach them God's word regularly. And this is an ongoing process, a purposeful process every day. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning with verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Oh, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. Now look at the total focus of the day in which you're guiding your children in the ways of godliness. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. You shall walk, or when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and as They'll be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them in the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, the parents were being taught, teach your children every day. Let them see that message continually through your life and you're giving them lessons all along the way every day and throughout the day. Make them understand that God is the boss in your house. We have a lot of jockeying for authority and power, 
Tell them, let them know, let them see without a question, God's way is the way of our home. John 14 and verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Make our home with him. Your family needs to see that God's way is the way of your home, of your family. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's way is the way we live our lives in this home. God's way is the way we, we conduct ourselves in this family. Know what your children watch. Know what your children listen to. Know where they go. They will likely not rise above the lifestyle that they expose themselves to on an ongoing basis and actively involve yourself in their lives. And don't just tell them no, but explain to them and communicate to them why. Why? Now, fourth, teach your children by word and example that you dearly love the Lord's church and they need to dearly love the Lord's church. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, the apostle Paul wrote, be kindly affectionate to one another. He's writing this to Christians. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Brotherly love for who? Your fellow Christian. In honor giving preference to one another. Don't expect your children to count the, word, the, the church to be precious in their mindset and in their lives. Don't, count, don't expect them to count the church to be important if they hear you continually criticize and demean the church and the Christians who make it up. Don't be that bad example. The church is filled with human beings saved human beings, but still human beings who have faults of their own. But look in the mirror and see your faults as well and your need for tolerance and forgiveness and patience and support. And whenever you start pointing that finger, remember there are always three fingers pointing back at you. We all have our weaknesses and we need each other but your children will not love what they perceive that you do not love. Watch your attitude around them. Teach and demonstrate how precious is Christian fellowship and love and unity with one another as faithful followers of Christ. Paul wrote to the Corinthian congregation, he said, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Demonstrate that love for the church through your actions, through your speech before your children and your family. Your children are a heritage from the Lord, a heritage from the Lord. Do you think of them that way? I'm afraid that a whole lot of parents in our culture, in our country today, they think of children to a great extent as a nuisance, an annoyance, a problem. 
But the psalmist wrote in Psalm 127, beginning with verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Look at your children as blessings, and then be blessings to your children. As you lead them to walk with God, to walk with Jesus faithfully, consistently, obediently, and lead them to heaven. Do your best to lead them to eternal life in heaven. By word and example, take them to heaven. Because, and listen to this closely, they likely won't go to heaven without you going to heaven. Heavy responsibility, but the most important part of our parenting, leading our children in faithfulness to God and Christ and all the way to heaven. If all, if any of us need to change our lives, let's pray to God for that strength and guidance to be the parent that we need to be, that he wants us to be. If you need the prayers of the church or you'd like the prayers of the church, just step forward and tell us. Don't be ashamed. Don't be too proud to say, I need prayer. Or talk with us privately. If you need to study, ask us. We'll study with you. And if there is anyone who is ready to become a Christian, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ openly, surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, we encourage you to take that step this morning. Won't you come if you need to as we stand together and sing?